Hey there and welcome to episode 30 of the True To You podcast. I'm really glad to have you here and also be sharing this intro with you because today's guest is a woman who has some incredible gifts and talents and it is such a gift that she is sharing those with the world now. So My guest is Renee Wilkinson. If you are local to Newcastle, you may know her through her kinesiology work, her guided and channeled meditations. She is very famous for leading uh, almost 600 people at a beach here in Newcastle through a full moon meditation. They have quite the following, her and her husband Murray here. They are now the proud owners and about nine months in to having their first yoga studio together as yoga teachers called the Open Mind Space. And if you're lucky enough to have had the opportunity to be uh, guided by Renee or being taught by Renee in their studio, she is really a wonderful woman who has a lot to give this world. And it is so inspiring to hear her story because her story goes way back actually to when she was about 12 years old and she started to recognize that she had these incredible intuitive gifts and as a 12 year old that can be quite scary and quite confronting she did however have amazing parents who allowed her to understand a little bit more what those gifts were and how she could use them for good in the world But of course, uh, as she came into her early adult years, uh, she decided to give those gifts away and put them on a shelf for a while, pursuing a career in television. Eventually coming back several years later to complete her yoga teacher training and reestablish her kinesiology practice here in Newcastle. This is a really wide ranging conversation. We talk about everything from building community from the ground up from zero to having 600 people at a meditation to mentoring and how uh, mentoring has played a huge role in both her early years as I said and also as a businesswoman and some of the moves that she's made to take her offline work online and be able to uh, grow um, her work there And we also talk about relationships because she is building a business with her husband, which uh, is is an interesting one to navigate. Uh, We talk about many, many things and her career journey, obviously, from these early years to now what she's doing now, finding her sweet spot, feeling like she fully belongs in this world and really owning what she is here to do. So... Without further ado, I welcome Renee Wilkinson to the podcast, and this is episode 30 of the True To You podcast. This is the True To You podcast, your very own work bestie. Each week, we come together for honest conversations about reinventing yourself and your career, all while navigating a path towards meaningful work. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this.
Welcome, Renee, to the True to You podcast. Thank you so much for having me in your studio space yeah. today. Thank yeah. you for inviting me to come along. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of the <laughs> podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's so nice to be in your space. Uh, it always has the most amazing energy and I think that's a real reflection of you and Mari and your teachers and everything that you set out to create with this vision. So um, if you're in Newcastle, the Open Mind Space is uh, a yoga studio, but it's also really a holistic space because you also teach other modalities and have other practitioners out of here and it was co-founded by Renee and her husband Murray around would you say nine ten months ago yeah April yeah. 2019 yeah 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 so we're a little way off the first year anniversary but it feels like it's gone so quick mm. I don't know about you how are you feeling about the last year yeah it's it's weird. We still kind of have conversations of like, okay, we're three months in, we're four months in. I was like, no, actually, we're like ten months in, or yeah, like April, April twenty twenty is creeping up really quickly. So um, it's been a ride. This first six eight months has already been a huge ride. So good, yeah. so good, and it's um, it's amazing to watch uh, this place grow and from uh, where it started, which was actually outside the studio space and we're going to get into that today because this is something I really admire about Renee. I haven't actually known Renee that long. We met at a, a girls lunch one day and then um, we went off to New Zealand and then when I came back um, just started to connect a little bit more with you and we popped up in some of the same things so it's been really lovely to watch uh, what you've created offline and out in the community and then see that come to life in this space uh your capacity to vision something and then make it a reality even if uh, it starts from humble beginnings mm -hmm. is really admirable and i think a quality that um you've got amazing patience as well <laughs> thank you <laughs> because as i said things can start humbly they can start small but if you have that vision which obviously you're very um very good at that and really really cement that for yourself then it's just a matter of time isn't it totally yeah. absolutely yeah. and we're going to dive into all of that goodness <laughs> around manifestation and some of the things that her and Mari are creating together this year but before we get into that let's ask you what gets you out of bed in the morning, Renee? <laughs> Apart from a very early wake-up call. Apart sometimes. from my alarm, yeah. <laughs> it's 4.45, it goes off, and every morning it's like, oh, okay, let's go. <laughs> Hasn't, haven't got used to it yet. No. Um, but what gets me out of bed is, sounds cheesy, but the excitement for what's going to happen in the day. Because in this space, both Murray and I, we spend pretty much all day in this space, mm. apart from a few errands here and there. But it, every day it feels like anything is possible whether it's teaching yoga chatting to people or doing the one-on-one -on -one sessions it just feels so exciting to see what's going to shift what's going to happen who's going to experience what what's going to be created in the space it's mm. really exciting yeah to see that. I love that mm. every day is a new day yeah. and every day has a new possibility that's that's really beautiful uh so from what I understand, um, and we haven't talked a lot about your career journey mm -hmm. yet, so I'm very excited for 
uh, the podcast listeners to hear <laughs> about that, but also for me to get the juicy insights. I know that you've pretty much come full circle with your career and that you've come back to a place that you knew very well as a really young woman, yeah. almost even as a child, perhaps. Mm. Uh, tell us a little bit about your upbringing and this immersion in the spiritual world from perhaps you can even define for us what spirituality meant for you at that age, because yeah. I know that's uh, it's quite young to be dabbling in that stuff. And how all of that shaped your career journey and your decisions today yeah, yeah. Um, so your spirituality has evolved for me mm. over the years but when I was quite younger since as long as I can remember I've always seen and heard and felt things beyond the, the physical mm. and I didn't really quite understand when I was very young it was just normal and then when I started to hit early teens I started realizing other people weren't experiencing this it started to become a bit jarring mm. of um, essentially for me like in primary school high school I would get answers like I would they'll be sitting in a maths test for example and I would hear the answer so I'd go oh well, that's the answer and I had all this support this yeah. kind of otherworldly support um and I'm really grateful for the mum and dad that I have so I think if I had any other I shouldn't say any other parents but a lot of parents would hear their child is hearing things and maybe go a different route mm. or maybe a psychological explore exploration route but mm. my parents instead wound up in this spiritual avenue of going well maybe you are seeing and hearing things and they found a mentor for me his name was Mark and he mm. ran a weekly meditation circle and I attended every Tuesday for years and yeah. years and years and um, meditated weekly and he would teach me things I would come and say I heard this and he'd go well actually it's this or this yeah. is how you protect yourself or I was in this training from mm. about 11, 12 years old. Wow. Just this, without it kind of being a formal training, mm. it was just, I had someone I could go and ask questions to. If I saw mm. this, I felt this, I heard that. And he would explain it and mm. it, it would embed and I would learn mm. or um, I would practice skills there. So when I left high school, I didn't have a yearning to do anything at university. Mm. There wasn't something that jumped out at me. Um, so I took a year off, I deferred and Mum said, you have to do something. You can't just bum around for a year. Yeah. So um, I did kinesiology. It was like a one-day-a-week adult learning course. Mm. So, And it was in this realm of spirituality. So I did that. And by the end of the year, I was like, this is it. This is mm. what I want to do. I feel really passionate about this. I didn't see the point in going to uni. So I kept on exploring that, did some more training in that area. Um, and then, yeah, I think in about 2019... Um, no, 2009. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't make sense. 2009, when I was 19, mm. um, I started my own practice. Um, <laughs> there, perfect. Um, so yeah, I started my own practice and that was a big journey for me because I wasn't super comfortable in myself. So the practice wasn't hugely successful. Um, because a little bit clunky, super yeah. clunky. I hated the idea of marketing. I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to talk about like, and this sounds really weird to say it now, but at the time I didn't want to talk about kinesiology because it made me feel really weird and different. Mm. And at 
the time in Newcastle in particular, people would come to me and it was like they were coming to a witch doctor. Yeah. Like they're like, don't yeah. let anyone know that I'm here. Yeah. So it was really difficult to market myself because no one knew what kinesiology was. Mm. They didn't want to find out what it was. It was just this woo-woo thing. Mm. Um, so it was a bit challenging. It was challenging on so many levels because I didn't really know who I was at that time either and didn't want to out myself as this yeah. spiritual person. Um, so I kind of somewhere in there made the decision to move to Sydney thinking that there's a bigger market, they're more open to this, mm. it'd be easier. Mm. And I did that, but once I kind of made it to Sydney, I got this casual job in TV at Home and Away and um, yeah, I kind of like pushed all of that aside. Yeah, I just kind of poo-pooed all the spirituality yeah. stuff and was like, I'm out, I'm going to go do a normal job now. and. Yeah. Did you do you think at the time you were searching for your place in the world as well? And, totally. Um, feeling like, uh, did you feel like you fitted in? Not that? at all. Yeah. So like I just and that there was this yearning to fit in because mm. I felt pretty much my whole schooling life I felt like I didn't yeah. fit in and it was really awkward and uncomfortable and jarring a lot mm. of high school and in primary school so I think I made it to Sydney and there was this opportunity to start fresh all of a sudden mm. I was anonymous no one knew me um I could kind of create my own character and yeah I was like well if I have this opportunity to work in tv there is this whole persona that comes with that like when people hear like I would go out to bars and clubs and say that I worked in tv and it was this whole yeah. different reaction yeah. to I do kinesiology which is like what's that what yeah. it was a black and white reaction and my ego kind of went I like this reaction yeah. I yeah. like that I can say I work in TV and people go oh tell me more mm. so yeah and so you rode that wave for a while yeah and really immersed yourself in the culture of film and television mm -hmm. and um that in itself is a is an amazing exciting world and yeah uh I'm sure like you said your ego was just lapping up <laughs> every part of it yeah that, and it was a different challenge as well it was an intellectual challenge so I do have a brain that I like to use mm. and once in the first six months because I started super base I started as a gopher like okay. just so you hadn't had any qualifications no qualifications no experience wow. I just had um my auntie actually who worked for home and away she was like they're looking for I just needed a cash job mm. I just needed some extra money while mm. I was trying to grow my kinesiology mm. business and it was like super casual they would just call me up and say come here, we need you for a day to like mm. run this around or do mm. whatever. And it just slowly progressed until it became a full-time mm. job. And then once I was in the full-time job for a few months, just the way I am, I was like, well, I'm not going to be doing this forever. Mm. Like if I'm here, I'm going to make the most mm. of it. And I kind of looked around on the crew and picked a job, which was um, continuity script supervisor. Yeah. And I was like, that, I'm going to... Yeah do that yeah so I just worked my butt off and harassed everyone like I harassed the people who were currently doing that job I harassed the um, line producer who's like the boss mm. of everyone I just harassed everyone I was like this is what I'm doing you're gonna teach me how to do it you're gonna train me up to do it it's happening and yeah eventually at 25 25 I got my first gig doing script supervising wow. so I became the young at that time the youngest in Australia doing it and I was like yes let's, <laughs> like let's keep riding this train let's make this happen yeah. so good and I, I love that you really created that career for yourself simply yeah. through your own 
ballsy, tenacious, uh, you know, using... Are, are you a particularly introver introverted or extroverted person? Because you're really putting yourself out there. Yeah, I think I'm like an introverted extrovert. Okay. Yeah. So I recharge a lot in like my own space mm, and mm. I don't particularly like put me in a social situation I don't particularly feel comfortable and I'm not really good with small talk yes. like I'm not yes. good at that at <laughs> all but give me a goal and give me a direction and I will do like I'm an Aries I will move I will move mountains okay to make it okay. happen um and that's yeah just what I did I've just quietly it wasn't like a super ballsy like i'm taking your job mm. kind of thing mm. it was just like an edging in sideways mm. like what you doing how mm. you doing that maybe you should show me a few, few more things actually i'm really interested in this do you want to like spend an mm. hour teach me what you're doing mm. and it would just kind of roll from there and what i love about that is uh having developed teams and uh worked with a range of people in my previous uh retail career is that shift where people go from waiting for which which can happen if you've been in a corporate environment and and it's very much about that hierarchy and waiting for opportunities to happen to you mm. and I think this is the beautiful thing that I see with you and I again I'll bring up this word manifesting that will go into much deeper but uh, I think there's this misconception sometimes that things are just going to come to us passively if mm. we if we say that we want them but we actually have to move in that direction yeah. as well and show the universe proof that we really really want this and I think that um that's a real skill of yours that you you honed in on and you're now able to take through everything that you yeah. do really thank so, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh what point then? So we're we're working for one of Australia's most well-loved television <laughs> series. The kind of job that uh, any person that's been through journalism or broadcasting school or whatever it might be would love to get their hands on. You're in this role, but at some point, uh, maybe it's that little voice that nudges you. A little bit or maybe something happens in your life what point did you say oh crap oh shit yeah. <laughs> I don't think this is me anymore yeah. I don't think I this is my world what a yeah what what next mm. talk to us about that it was a combination of things it was a combination of I found myself in a lifestyle that started to no longer resonate mm. with me. Mm. Um, so when I was in Sydney, I was living in a whole bunch of really cool places. And the last place I lived was this kind of high rise apartment on six lanes of traffic. Um, like it was in a good location, but it was just everything I really hated about city mm. living mm. of just kind of being a number in a cube. Mm. Like I just really... So that was really irking me, mm. that that was where I was at living-wise. Mm. Um, and then in terms of the career itself, I worked my butt off to get to that point. And I was actually no longer working for home and away. I was freelancing. So okay. I was working for short films and for um, other productions. And the, the precise moment I can think <laughs> of yeah. is I was working on a show called Doctor Doctor, which is amazing. It was amazing crew. Um, but we were on a five week shoot and when you're on a shoot in TV, like that's your life. Like yeah. you don't, you don't have 
extracurricular activities like that's just your life for yeah. those five six weeks long days long days yeah. totally and we were doing a nighttime shoot which they're super fun because it feels like school camp like everyone's yeah. awake at three o'clock in the morning going wow. we should be awake okay. right now yeah, yeah. but it, there was there was this moment where I had this director who just thought it was okay to yell at me um it was like two o'clock in the morning I knew we had still like an hour or so to go and then I knew once that was done I had my work to do after and like maybe a four or five hour sleep and then get up and wow yeah and it just that was all just kind of weighing down on me and then someone turned to me and said what's next when are you going to be a director when are you going to and I was like no no like I can't like this isn't this moment here isn't fulfilling my soul and I don't think I have it in me to push and like I worked really hard to get to this level and I just want to enjoy this level. Why are people starting to ask me now what's next? Mm, mm. And so that triggered of like, if I really don't care what's next, I'm not in the right yeah. place. Yeah. Like if I've lost the fire to go, yeah, I'm going to be a director. Yeah. I'm going to be a producer. Like as I was looking at all the directors and producers, I was like, no, mm. I, I don't want that life. Yes. I, I can a hundred percent identify with that as well. Um, I know my husband has had that same looking forward and going, Oh, five, 10, 15. uh, Okay. I don't think that's my, my path. I think I'm going to be sitting in that chair. (laughs) Uh, was there anything else going on in your life that also you talked about uh, where you were living and and I guess this lifestyle is also quite um, probably had some underlying impact on your health and things was there anything else going on at that time that that you can think of or was it just that distinct um, feeling of this is this isn't me anymore yeah it was, it was a combination of that feeling of of the lifestyle and just realizing I Got, I was more fulfilled because I would on set, I would have, I still had my intuition and mm. my kinesiology skills. So I would find myself having conversations mm. with people like at the lunch table or in between takes. It's like, have you thought about this? Have you tried that? Oh, like, so- like, <laughs> I was do, like, I was doing it in between mm. all the things and I was getting more like of a heart expansion. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. and I was like, oh, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm in the wrong place yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so what did you, what did it look like next for you? Next, it looked like pulling the pin on everything. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I had an opportunity to um, go visit my auntie in America and I just pulled the pin. I pulled the pin on where I was living. I um, stopped taking contracts and I just gave myself three months to travel Mm. and explore and Mm. just reset. Mm. I just needed that space. Mm to reset and then from there it kind of looked like I tried to do a balance so I still kept my finger in the tv pie of like I would do casual days here and there I'd work on film sets I would just do days so fill in days because my particular job is that particular job was so rare it was difficult to find people that could fill in for sick days and for rare days so I would just kind of and financially was that yeah it was great like because I had that support like Mm. tv pays pretty well for a casual day here and there um so yeah that was really great I was doing that while just building up my kinesiology stuff again or or looking what that feeling into what that looked like Mm. to build Mm. it back up again it was just it was a very transitional like I'm just going to try everything out 
Like I based myself back in Newcastle because that's where my parents were. But everything in me was like, I'm not going to live in Newcastle though. Like yeah. that's not where I'm going to live. Like that's not my place. Like this is just the convenient. Little space. did you know. Yeah, little did I know. Like the whole, like every month I was like keeping my eye open for like Sydney yeah. or like maybe I'll get another contract and I'll reset myself back up there. And it just kind of never happened like that uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so funny isn't it and I I'm smiling and nodding because I'm thinking of myself when I was in that position as you are and I think a couple of words come to mind that really feel familiar for me as well mm-hmm. um, you said you mentioned feeling into the decision more and those more visceral experiences that you were having on set when when we where you probably might not been able to place it at the time but very naturally you were doing what you really loved yeah and that was giving you this oh a little a really good little response and this uh this physical feedback Mm. which something that uh I don't go into a lot of my work but I think that uh our body is an amazing source of wisdom isn't it and it's probably um why your yoga has become why yoga has become such a strong part of your life Mm. and the other thing that I loved that I really loved is that you gave yourself that space to transition out it wasn't initially you you left you went away but you came back and really taking that time to be curious about what's next and really even though it was one foot in, one foot out of, it was also, is this really where I wanted to be? And am I getting enough signs to say yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It was this seesaw. And I, Mm. yeah, I remember having conversation with people like, I can do both. I can Mm. totally do both. Mm. Like I'm just going to keep doing both because TV, when it became casual, was super fun and Mm. playful. Mm. But yeah, there, after a little while, there reached a point, um, I think when, like particularly because Home and Away was where I was working, the crew and the cast had transitioned. There'd mm. been a turnover. Mm. So my crew wasn't fully there anymore. So mm. when I'd rock up for a day, it wasn't a play day anymore. Yeah. It was like a whole new bunch of people yeah. and really professional. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I've lost, I'm actually not, it made me realize I wasn't actually there for the job. I was there for mm. the people. Mm. When the people kind of transitioned, I was like, yeah, there really is no reason mm. to come back. Mm. <laughs> Uh, so good. I, I'm absolutely loving this conversation. <laughs> and the next thing that you started to explore a little bit more from what I understand was your yoga teaching as well. And yeah. so you had your kinesiology background. Um, you went into teaching yoga and uh, this is probably more how I have experienced you as Renee as the yoga teacher uh, and a wonderful yoga teacher <laughs> at that. Um so you were balancing then a bit of teaching yoga with your practice how did that look for you and what made you go into yoga and bring that also into your life as well yeah so yoga was one of those universal gifts um I never had an intention to teach yoga Mm. so when the teacher training popped up it was in that kind of three month I don't know what I'm doing gap um 
and it was with a woman that I was one of my first mm. yoga teachers ever. So I really resonated with her. And at the time I was experiencing PTSD, so mm. a strong disassociation from my body. Wow. And yoga, during the peak of my PTSD, mm. yoga classes really helped, like super helped mm. the clarity of mind. Um, so when the opportunity came up to spend like a month in Thailand with my favorite teacher learning more about yoga, mm. I went at it with the approach of I'm going to reconnect my body. This mm. is my gift to my body of let's, let's start talking to mm. each other again. And when I came back, um, I just reached out to a few people like, oh, like if you ever want to cover or whatever, it'd be great surplus income for me. Mm. So I'm, I'm down for that. And it just evolved yeah. quite quickly and quite naturally um, and became a really great balance point for me for my kinesiology. It meant I didn't have to rely on getting clients or how many clients I needed for everything mm. just brought more um, sustainability. Yeah. 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 Amazing. And uh, what I wanted to ask you next on that, because uh, as I started to get to know you a, a little bit better uh, over the last year, I've noticed that Renee is also a very savvy businesswoman, <laughs> and uh, you can probably hear that underneath what she's saying. She's um, always looking for possibility, and so at a certain point. Um, Teaching yoga is a one-to-many uh, opportunity, yeah. but energetically you were doing two things that that uh, were, were for you tapping into an energy source that you had, which is wonderful. But um, I imagine a lot of one-on-one -on -one clients and then also facing rooms of people in, in a yoga studio requires a lot of you mm. uh, and so I, what I started to notice is that Renee was creating uh, a stronger presence online mm. uh, you were creating guided meditations a lot of uh, tools you gave away mm. for free mm. allowed people to experience you not just in Newcastle because Newcastle still is a relatively small city but perhaps around Australia if not the world I'm sure mm. now and you started to create these online offerings so tell me why you chose to do that and what that opened up for you yeah, talk to us about that experience of going from being relatively offline in one-on-one yeah. -on -one, um, to then creating this online presence and online um, offerings. Yeah, I think it probably started with some really great business mentoring okay. I had Amazing. because I was lost. Like when I was doing the kinesiology, started in kinesiology, I was just super lost. I didn't really know how to develop it all or... I was just showing up to a, a space that I hired and kind of hoping that people would show up mm. as well. Yeah, so I had business mentoring and she taught me a really great thing of, of she had a pyramid um, where this wide base and she was like, it's in this space that you cast your net wide. You offer as much as you can for free to as many people mm. as you can. And her teaching was if it's free for them it's close to free for you mm -hmm. so things that were easy and free for me to offer were the guided meditations mm -hmm. um were yeah different tools and tips and tricks like online space is a really easy space to offer free mm -hmm. things and 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 cast a net really wide it hits those two in one um so it was with that guidance that i started to explore what those guided meditations look like and connecting with as many mm. people as I could and then understanding that from that 
broad base came the next level of, okay, um, the next layer of offerings, which might be anywhere between 10 and $100. So mm-hmm. um, the workshops that I started mm. offering or coming to yoga classes mm. or things where people started to spend money and then it would just kind of go up to yeah. that point in the triangle one-on-one yeah. sessions and retreats and everything. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that's something I work on with clients as well as their value ladder and sometimes their value ladder is a lot of free and a lot of online um, sharing and things like that and then they might jump to to just one offering but as you can see what Renee's talking about is that she's started to be able to cultivate a number of different opportunities for people to engage with her and up to a very um, premium opportunity which might be a retreat or might be really close one-on-one mentoring and so I love that I want to ask you before we go on to the next question uh it's it's around this conversation of money and uh because I know sometimes that in the um creative circles in the spiritual world in the um uh like yoga and wellness and things like that Although we talk about this word abundance a lot, there Mm. can also be a shitload of scarcity Mm. and that kind of mindset and uh, ironically um, not being able to value ourselves and our services in the way that we should. Talk to me about what that means for you and uh, what that process looked like because at the end of the day, you also realize um, if I'm jumping from this lucrative pay in television to then yeah. making equivalent or to meet my needs with my kinesiology and yoga, I've got to earn money. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I want to know about that journey and, and yeah. what that looked like in terms of then getting to the point where you're pricing your products and services. Yeah, it, it certainly was a journey and along that journey was a lot of self-work as well of like valuing myself working through my money blocks and my mentor again this same business mentor she took me through a really interesting process of finding out where my money block was so like for example um i could put a price on the hour based on what other people were doing that i was fine with that but then it was taking people's money that mm-hmm. i really struggled okay. with because for me doing the services that I offer come so naturally and easy Mm. that it felt really uncomfortable to take people's money because I felt like they should just have it because it was just so natural for me to give it. Um, But so we worked, we got really clear at what part of the process from people booking into leaving, what part of the process I got really uncomfortable. And for me, it was taking the money. Yeah, it was the transaction. Yeah. So she gave this amazing advice, which I still love. She's like, great, take the transaction out of it. How can you take the transaction out of it? Which for me meant investing in a booking system that took the money. Mm. So it all happened online. Mm. People booked in and paid once they booked Mm. in. I never, I mean, I eventually saw the money, but in face-to-face action I didn't see the money didn't ask about the money didn't there was no talk about money at all I just they walked in I gave them what I what what they needed and then they walked back out so that really helped me with the pricing and being comfortable with it because it all happened like off out out of my physical space Mm. Mm. um and yeah then from there it was just learning my value and that's been a really interesting journey like I kind of my prices have slowly gone up because my time is getting 
more and more precious, mm. especially when on mm. one, one, one time. Um, yeah, but I've totally had ups and downs. I've had big whoopsies. Like I remember, yeah, like I had, I started my pricing, I think at one, I was only telling someone this story the other day. I had my pricing at 110 for an hour for kinesiology. And then I met someone who really irked, irked me. Like they super irked me. Just another practitioner. Um, they, they were, they were a practitioner in a different field, but okay. they were still like in this kind of self-help yeah. arena Yeah, and they were charging $400 an hour and it just got so under my skin mm, of like, who did, yeah, like who do they think they are charging $400 an hour and my work's better than their work they didn't even do anything with these people they just sit them down and like wave a magic wand or what and I'm all for waving magic wands but I just it just really like got me this like I'm gonna I'm gonna double my prices so like overnight I just like doubled my prices yeah. and got met with this like backlash of like okay, well, we can't come to you anymore if you're mm, done. And mm. it was like a big smack in the face. like, oh, I've done this from the whole wrong yeah. space. I've done yeah. it from like a, well, if they're doing it, I can do mm, it kind mm. of thing. And it felt real yuck. Mm. And then I just had to own up to everyone. I was like, yeah, I made a whoopsie. Here's where this whoopsie came from. My prices are go- uh, like, yeah. here are my... It's the middle ground. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And just like, my bad. And then that was really great as well because everyone appreciated the authenticity of like, yeah, that was a whoopsie. Good to see you're human and you like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just an authentic journey. <laughs> totally, totally. And um, I think what's great about that is that you weren't afraid to also try. Yeah. Uh, and you also realized at a certain point, uh, I'm starting to, my time is becoming really valuable. So what does that value look like? You'd also, in, in a, um, I guess, understanding a bit more of what that value looks like for you, you'd probably accumulated more trainings. You had more hours under your belt. And um, it can be very hard for us to realize that some of those non-tangible things mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe because also the type of work that you do, the type of work that I do as well, it's not necessarily saying that someone can go and generate uh, $50,000 in three months from working together. And same for you as well. It's a very internal shift that happens. And being able to price that transformation for someone is really hard, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. it's it's interesting. Yeah, because you're balancing on the value they're going to get mm. and then the value the, the yeah everything you just spoke about all the training you put in the mm. hours you put in mm. um what your time is worth yeah all that kind of stuff yeah. it's a it's a tricky balance point um and I suppose a little hack that I use at the end of the day which Murray and I do for everything is we come back to muscle testing okay which is yeah. like it's from kinesiology but it's it's a process that goes into your subconscious and your higher self and it gives you an answer that isn't mm. filtered by the conscious mind and the mm. stories. Mm. So I can kind of play around with what I think it should be, but then the muscle testing is like, this is the answer. Yeah. Mm. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, something that I've really admired about you, Renee, as I said at the beginning, is that you have really focused a lot on community and I don't know if that's one of your values. Is it a value of yours? It's, why this whole space started yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah like how the conversation we had before of um how i felt so out of place mm. and awkward and mm. uh just not fitting in that was why this whole space created was like i sent like it sounds really selfish but it's like i just want somewhere i fit in if i create the space and the same people show up i'm gonna fit in yeah like, yeah. yeah so talk to me about that process of 
building that offline community and how valuable that became for you and especially in a world where um, that's quite an active I talk about active actions and I talk about passive actions and social medias uh, can be quite passive for a lot of us uh, it can be active if you're jumping on there a lot of um, engagement a lot of stories a lot of lives and all of those things it's quite quite active but actually to say I'm going to announce that I'm going to do this and ask people to turn up here at this time. Uh, that that's really inviting them in, and that's a real active uh, action. So, talk to me about that process of building your community. Why you felt so strongly? You said that it was part of it was initially just about finding your tribe, really. Yeah. Um, and now you've been able to create a space for the tribe to come to a, a home for the yeah, tribe totally. which is amazing um i'm sure that had a huge impact on the success of open mind space yeah initially absolutely. and you're still continuing to do that work and that community um based initiative so yeah share with us about that yeah um the building of it was purely from consistency mm. and I had no ulterior motives like I truly it's a free um it's a free full moon meditation on the beach each month each full moon and there was no ulterior, ulterior motive in terms of um I'll get them one day I'll get them to pay one day this will become like mm. a paid event mm. or um maybe that it there was kind of like the background of like maybe they will meet me and then be interested in doing other mm. things with me but purely it came from um I just want to connect with like-minded people mm. and when I was in Sydney I really enjoyed occasionally going to like full moon things that they had on Bondi mm. Beach and I just couldn't find it up here mm. so I was like well if it's not here then I'm just going to create it mm. so um but in the actual building of it it was consistency it was mm. showing up every month rain, hail or shine, like making it work, like last minute ringing around spaces and studios in Newcastle wow. was pouring down rain of like, please, can I use your space? Anytime that it works, I'll pay. Like, like it was just, yeah. yeah. And so many spaces were obliging and helpful in that process, which was amazing. Um, yeah, but it was just showing up like as, well, people who don't know, it started off with me and four friends mm. that I kind of had to convince I'm like yeah it'll be fun we'll just yeah. do this we'll do this thing on the beach we'll be our crystals we'll cleanse them we'll make it make an intention and then carry on um yeah and it was just showing up and and it's a belief that I and Mari have as well no matter what we put on whether it's for one person or 100 or mm. 600 mm. it's you show up yes 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 100 percent. and so I, I i feel that there's been so many times where i've gone oh there's only a few people i, I probably should cancel yeah and uh to show up sometimes showing up is actually uh, you know you turned into something much more powerful than i thought it would be because i was so focused on there's not enough you yeah. know on that scarcity mindset again yeah but, um or oh i'm not going to make this much money no if i was going to it was going to be a cost neutral exercise win-win yeah they get something 
I'm not out of pocket, you know. Totally. And the, <laughs> something that I've really cultivated within myself and within the space and everyone who hosts anything in the open mind space mm. as well as the success metric isn't how many people are in mm. the room. It's how they feel when they leave mm. the room. Mm. That's your success metric. Mm. Like if they walk out going, whoa, yes. like you've one, when whether it's just one person that walks out like that or the whole room like that's yes. the success metric yes. so yes yeah 100 mm. percent uh the other thing i wanted to touch on there as well was you picked one thing and a you were consistent but it was one really simple thing and it's so easy when you're building your business and you're in that experimentation phase to i've totally been guilty of this uh like uh, you know like what do they call it like a uh, a chipmunk or whatever yeah. that you know oh, i want to try this i'm going to try this i'm going to try this you know yeah kind of all these different things yet you stuck to the one thing and you repeated it monthly mm -hmm. uh, how many years have you been doing uh it? so it started january 2006 Seven, 16 okay 17 17 so that's so 17 to 18 three yeah. three yeah. years yeah three three th probably about 36 different sessions you've yeah. done but it's all on the on the same thing yeah. and in those 36 sessions you've gone from four people to what was your peak amount we that think you had? about 600 yeah 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 so i i just want people to understand that that a, you've got to be patient, it mm. takes time, and B, do one thing, but do it really well. Mm. Do it consistently. And I think connect to it as well. Like yeah. I, I got so much joy, like I didn't care if I showed up and it was pouring down rain or if there was one other person because I was getting so much joy mm. out mm. of it as well. I wasn't, mm. I never dragged my, I don't think yet I've dragged myself wow. to one of those full moons. Wow. Like it's something that I really enjoy as well. So I think that makes a difference doing something that I'm in that I'm enjoying that I would attend as opposed to creating something that I thought maybe other people would want to attend mm. if that makes sense mm. yeah yeah 100% uh something you mentioned a little while back which is great because I had prepared some questions <laughs> and this came up so it's perfect timing Throughout your journey, you've had a few mentors, whether they be particular yoga teachers that you've continued to train with. You had your mentor, Mark, as a, at a young age. You've uh, had a business coach periodically. Uh, this is a very strong theme throughout your career and something that uh, sometimes they might, these might have been paid uh, opportunities, sometimes not. How important has mentoring and even coaching been for you to be able to evolve into a, a businesswoman and to, yeah, what what has that looked like for you? I mean, yeah. it's, it's come to you in, in, in different ways, not just the business, I know. Yeah, I, it's huge. The way I kind of view it is um, you're shortcutting your learning. Like the mentors I've chosen have people, people that are achieving things that I've wanted to achieve. Mm. And my mindset is, well, they've already done it. So they've mm. learned all of the lessons. Like, why am I going to put myself through years of learning when I can do the exchange of time for money? Like instead of spending the years, I'm going to give them some money and they can cut that time mm. short. Um, so yeah, it's been invaluable and there's been lots of kind of eye opening moments and aha moments. And I would totally, it's an amazing investment mm. like it's just 
and I would suggest choosing someone that if someone is looking for a mentor, choose someone that resonates with you, that excites you or that they're doing things that you go, oh yeah, that's really cool. As opposed to just kind of looking up a business mm. mentor as such mm. and picking one, mm. picking one off the screen. Um, yeah, but in different different stages of my life. So yeah, young, having the spiritual mentor um, was really great because I just had someone to go ask the questions to. At home and away, I had um, this amazing man called Royce who was the script supervisor. Who He was the one that took me under his wing. Like I could go and ask him anything mm. or he would just sit me down for half an hour and be like, you don't exist, just sit in the corner and watch. Mm. Um, and if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't have had any of those mm. opportunities in TV. He was my backer that whole way. Um, yeah, and then going into this business where I had no idea really how to sell myself what to do having an amazing mentor Tammy Guest is her name Um, and yeah she was just like have you thought about this have you done it this way here's my experience here's we're going to push you to the next level like Mm -hmm. having someone to push even in the moments of resistance like I love there's recently actually I had a a session with her and I spent an hour just talking about here's all my ideas and all my kind of things or whatever and she listened so patiently she was so (laughs) wonderful like she just listened she was like "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm she's like I'm just gonna break it down for you let's like reverse engineer this and went back and just broke it down as to why all of my ideas were not gonna work and I was like oh like but it was really great because she did it in such a like a loving like mm. I'm so excited you're enthusiastic but if you actually want to achieve this big goal that you're mm. aiming for you need to go bigger yeah. like you're thinking so small wow. but she had to let me okay. talk it all out and then realize like for example just pie in the sky kind of thing if I wanted to make 20 grand a week she's like it is impossible for you to make 20 grand a week while doing one-on-one sessions mm. she's like that's just mm. maths like it's yeah. just impossible it's like, oh she's like you've got to go bigger oh okay like having someone to kind of break the mold like you need someone to break the limitations of your mind because you're stuck in your thinking so that's what she totally does for me when I do reach out to her she listens to all my ideas and then she just puts a little chip in them and Mm. cracks them and goes now go bigger Mm. Uh, I yes 100% I Mm. love that uh, accountability yeah. is so key, isn't it? If you have these big goals too, and especially if it's still a relatively small business mm. that you don't have a, a big team or shareholders mm. or, um, you know, you can kind of move on your timeline and, yeah. and, <laughs> and cruise along. But then if you have someone saying, Hey, you know, we said we were going to accomplish this by the time, uh, we got to this point in our, our mentoring journey. Like, where are you at? Like, yeah. Where can I help you get there quicker? Or um, what? What is actually? You talk about blocks or blind spots is another mm. way to talk about something similar. I've always found mentoring to be so, or coaching in particular, to be so powerful. And then it's like, well, do you actually realise that you're? continually talking about this and and this is the belief that keeps coming up or have you actually thought about this and they open up a whole new world of things that you couldn't see before so yes uh obviously being a coach (laughs) myself I'm I'm all for it but it's really interesting to see other people's experience and uh you're a, you're a product of of the work yeah. and uh, investing in yourself too. Yeah. Uh, I think that's another thing that if uh, you're expecting people to invest in your work, 
it really helps if you're seen to be investing in yourself as yeah, well. Yeah, totally. And yeah, finding people that are really good at what they do. Like recently we're investing in um, an online marketer who's mm. going to help us, but mm. also teach us along mm. the way. Mm. And I didn't bat an eyelid when he said, this is my price. It's like, great, because whatever that price is, we're going to tenfold, mm. fold it, mm. like, down the line mm. so it's really important to take that education yes. while you can get it yes yeah. yes 100% finally the last thing I wanted to touch on uh, this is not something that I go into a lot in interviews uh, with the women I get to have on this podcast but I want to touch on relationships because you're in business with your husband yeah and this will move relatively quick Renee and Murray have a beautiful love story that <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't have the time to get into today, but <laughs> sometime I'm sure she will share it. And uh, they really care a lot for each other as um, individuals. They put a lot into their relationship and also they have a business baby. So that's a big thing as well. Uh yeah, I, I have a husband that that runs his own business. We're often at home together talking about business and it can become quite all-consuming. So mm. when you're both in the same business together, I can mm. imagine that can be really um, intense. Sometimes it's something that you really love, which is mm. number one, great. Can you talk to me about living and working with your husband, how you've been able to maintain your um, your identity, your part in this business as well, as well as uh, ensuring that you've got the boundaries in place to nurture the relationship because yeah. it's easy when you start a business to be so focused on that. Yeah. And it's just like a baby, I, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good um, Absolutely. training for That's a what, baby. If anyone asks, like, when you're having a baby, it's like, I just had one. Yeah. Like, it keeps me up probably more than your baby does. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, it's tricky and I don't think we've perfected it mm. at all, um, but it comes down to super open communication. Mm. And somewhere along the way, we just agreed that we wouldn't argue in terms of ridiculous arguments, mm. like raising voices and that kind of thing. Mm. Like we just agreed that if something comes up, if there's conflict that comes up, We'll just continue to talk about it and be open about it or take space and then come back and revisit mm. it um, but the foundation of it of our relationship as well as our business relationship is open communication mm. and honesty and taking ownership when making mistakes yeah. and acknowledging that it's different spaces like that's been challenging kind of thing of acknowledging okay like when we're at home it's a home relationship and it's fine, but in the space, like we do need to have those boundaries and know that our communication will shift slightly. Like, for example, um, I'm just a lot more direct. Like when I'm in work zone, it's just like, Murray, please do this. Like, do, instead of like, hey baby, do you mind if like you do? It's like, Murray, I need this done. Like, yeah. it's just more direct. So it's just understanding that they're two separate mm. spaces. Um, but yeah, just open communication is the foundation of it, and we still ride the waves of yeah learning what that looks like and 
practicing not it's re- it is all consuming it is really hard like we'll try and devote at least an hour a day to doing something outside the space so whether it's like going to a movie or going to the beach or something outside mm-hmm. the space it's really hard to not go so what do you think about this and have mm. you thought about that and mm. what do you think next week it's really mm. challenging mm. to just like zip it and yes it's like how about that sunshine <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes the small talk is okay. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's not work talk. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I heard someone once say that, uh, and she's a very, very successful online entrepreneur. Um, and she was talking about the fact that she's basically taken the role as uh, the breadwinner in the family and her husband's taking on the house husband role and she was saying that when they sit down for dinner uh, because she lives and works at home as well that she says okay we can have five ten minutes of work conversation Mm. and then that's it or they'll do things like phones you know no phones in the bedroom or Mm. anything that's going to distract you or put you back into work mode yeah um is like these small things really, mm. really help. And on the communication side, just interestingly, have you both studied nonviolent communication or is there any tools that you use uh, from your work that you bring into your relationship? Um, maybe subconsciously, yeah. yes. yes. Um, uh, I've done a lot of self-work. I used to be have a really short fuse, like just rage used to be my immediate really? response. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of work. Um, uh, I don't know if we have any specific tools or, or consciously use any specific tools. I think probably the first thing that pops to mind is just owning where we're at. So if I say something that, and more often than not, it's me, I'll own it. <laughs> Something that might have like a trigger to it. So it might be a little bit narky or mm. like ha- there'll be a bit of sharpness mm. to it. Um, Murray will just often look at me and be like, what's that about? Mm. Like, what's that? And I'll have to take a moment and just go, okay, right now I'm feeling and be super honest. And the honesty can be the tricky mm. part sometimes mm. as well. But just saying, right now I'm feeling this, or when I see you do this, it makes me feel, or just being really honest about the stories that are mm. rolling around. Yeah. Um, like, for example, I can have a story of, I don't think you've done anything today. Like, yeah. you went for a surf and then you went to the gym, and I don't think you've done anything today. <laughs> and he can go, well, that's a nice story. Actually, what I've done is, like, this, this, and this. Yeah. It's just you were too busy doing your thing. So it's, yeah, yeah just that having that open communication mm. of just mm. how am I feeling why did I say that actually I didn't mean that I was just trying to piss you off because I'm feeling aggravated right now and just yeah uh, I love that. thank you for sharing that <laughs> being really honest with that because um it's hard for us to admit um, how we are in relationships so yeah yeah I, and it's totally not all like I think a lot of people walk in is like oh they're yogis and they're like <laughs> yeah. they, they run full moon meditation so they're like peaceful all the time like no I'm pretty sure there's been a handful of full moons of us sitting in the car being like are you okay yeah are you okay are you gonna breathe through this yeah you're gonna breathe through this like just taking a break are we gonna be okay yeah. after this <laughs> Beautiful, yeah, I love it. Then you have it, yeah. You're just like, it's all fine. You have a giggle and mm, you mm, don't hold on to it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so just one last, the final thing I want to touch on mm. is some of the 
big things that you and uh, you perhaps individually, but I also know that um, for the well, second time, apart from the studio, but you and Ren, uh, you and Maria uh, collaborating on something really exciting. So talk to us about what this year has in store. You've had a massive year in 2019, yeah. but you know, why not? Let's just go even bigger in 2020. Yeah, totally. I think that's your style. Yeah. <laughs> We're just nonstop, but we love it. Um, so 2020, well, we've got the first half of 2020 kind of planned out. And what it looks like for us is finally having the space in our lives to offer our workshops mm. in the space. So when we first opened, we taught classes, but we let other people take over the workshop space. Like mm. we had other teachers come in and offer their things. And this year we're like, right, we're gonna, ready to offer our stuff now, which is um, all around manifesting intuition. And it culminates in the middle of the year, we have a course called Homecoming. Yeah. So I ran Homecoming last year, did two rounds of it. So it's a six week uh, intuitive mentoring course. So it's for people who want to dive deeper into their mm. intuition, manifesting, spirituality, having it as a way of life and using it as everyday mm. tools. We, it's stuff that we use in our everyday life to make life flow for mm. us. Um, so yeah, that's the first half of the year. So it'll be an in-person stuff, but we're also creating the behind the scenes online mm. stuff. So we want to offer it online. So it becomes available more so than just people who can access the space. Mm. Cause we have, I have people that are in Queensland and Victoria and ideally like it's going to go outside Australia yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the first half of the year what we're delving into and exploring. And of course we want to expand the space and, we're just kind of leaving it open apart from that but it's just it's moving towards this big picture goal we have which I'm so going to keep quiet right now but like in we have our like two-year plan of what the open mind space as an entity looks like mm -hmm. and this is the really baby step first stage yeah. of that yeah mm. yeah I can imagine it's going to be <laughs> wonderful and Yes, many, many people are going to benefit from your work. So mm. thank you so much, Renee, thank for you. sharing so openly and honestly. And I really hope that uh, you have an amazing 2020. You're a real, mm. you are an inspiration to me and you're an inspiration to many women in our community. Uh, and we're also going to be... Uh, not collaborating together, but we're part of a series this year yeah. uh, that's being run by Jenny from the Movement Collective. So mm. it's really exciting uh, to be part of such an inspirational group of women. Yeah, yeah. and little Thank old Newey. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Thank you.